It's Tape Tuesday, so we're taking a look at four plays, like always, although today we're only going to be looking at positive plays, because that's the mood I'm in, who cares? But first, we're going to talk about the Gators' first-round picks this past draft in Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work with amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them. Locked on Central. Like I mentioned, today we're going to start off by talking about Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, the first round picks of the in the NFL draft this past year. Of course, Kyle Pitts went number four overall. He was the highest drafted tight end in NFL history to the Atlanta Falcons. Both Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony both had their first 100 yard games yesterday. Uh, well, now Sunday. <laughs> um, Again, and Kyle Pitts had it against the New York Jets. Kadarius Tony had it against the Dallas Cowboys. Kyle Pitts also scored the first touchdown of his career. Of his career, uh, Kadarius Tony still waiting to find the end zone. Almost did out of the Wildcat yesterday, which would have been awesome. Almost did again the very next play, but uh, I guess there was no penalty when the DB just fell on Kadarius Tony. Whatever is what it is. Uh, Kadarius Tony also had a very eventful day because. He got ejected for throwing a punch at DeMonte Kizzy, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Kyle Pitts is now on pace to finish the year with 82 catches. And those 82, again, yesterday was not uh, not like an anomaly, um, but there were a ton of inactive wide receivers. So Kyle Pitts had to be a huge part of the game plan. But he's been increasingly getting involved in this offense as it is. But Kyle Pitts is now on pace to finish the year with 82 catches, which would be an NFL record for a rookie tight end. We know rookie tight ends, historically, or tight ends in general, historically start off very slow in their career. Year one, practically non-existent. Year two, they get involved. Year three is usually when they explode, but Kyle Pitts, different breed, of course, highest draft the tight end. 1,047 receiving yards is what Kyle Pitts is currently on pace for over the 17-game season. That would be the second most all-time for a rookie tight end behind only Hall of Famer Mike Ditka of Da Bears. And he is like, I hate myself for that, so don't worry. You don't have to hate me any more than you already do. But Kyle Pitts, second all-time on pace for, and he's on pace for three touchdowns because, of course, He just found the end zone for the first time in his career. So, of course, his pace is a little low there. But I'm going to say that all of these numbers will likely be exceeded at this point because Kyle Pitts, again, has been increasingly involved in the game plan in Atlanta. I get it. Last or Sunday was a bit different because they didn't have enough receivers available or eligible or whatever it may be. But Kyle Pitts, even prior to that, had been growing in this offense last week was his biggest week to this point. Uh, week two is a big week for him. He's been getting involved in this offense. He's creating 
in this offense. This offensive line is also gelling, allowing Matt Ryan to throw the ball a bit further downfield, which is huge for Kyle Pitts, of course. So he he's trending upward. Another player that's trending upward is, of course, the other first-round pick, who was a first-round pick to the New York Giants at pick 20 after they traded down from pick 11 so that Justin Fields can go to the Chicago Bears. Uh, Kadarius Tony, which was a stunning pick. It was insane, and I was incredibly excited to uh, to to see it because, of course, as you guys know, I am a Giants fan. Uh, but Kadarius Tony had another huge game on Sunday following his breakout performance that he had last Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Kadarius Tony is now on pace to finish the season with 68 catches and 955 yards. He hasn't found the end zone at all yet, like I mentioned already. Uh, so his current touchdown pace is a goose egg. It's set to zero right now, uh, although I highly doubt that holds because that would be impressive uh, if he could if he didn't score the entire season. But uh, you know his pace is also so hard to project because the first three weeks of the season, or the first well, I'll say the first two weeks of the season, he was practically non-existent in the game plan. I believe he went the first two weeks while having negative receiving yards um, because, of course, he was just getting targeted in the backfield. Uh, positive yards after catch, but negative receiving yards total. Um, so that was ugly. And then week three, Sterling Shepard got hurt, so Kadarius Tony started getting involved in the game plan. Week four, Sterling Shepard did not play, so Kadarius Tony got even more involved in the game plan and had his breakout game against the Saints. This past week, week five, against the Dallas Cowboys, he was a huge part of the game plan. At one point, Kadarius Tony had about, I believe it was 140 yards, and the rest of the offense had 90 combined. Of course, the Giants' offense right now is in turmoil with Daniel Jones out, Kenny Galladay out, Sterling Shepard out, Saquon Barkley out, Darius Slayton out. So this is a very rough spot where Kadarius Tony is the focal point of the offense. He's one of the only guys healthy on this offense right now. So... That, that's why it's weird to project because when they get healthy, he'll likely see less snaps, less targets, all these things. And when Sterling Shepard was healthy, Kadarius Tony was horribly, horribly misused. Uh, of course, on Sunday, we saw him work out of the backfield a lot. He was moving around the field. That was important. That's how he should be used. Uh, so we don't know when Sterling Shepard comes back, what the offense will look like with Kadarius Tony if Daniel Jones plays. Uh if Saquon Barkley's there or if he's not available. So we don't know what that's going to look like or what the repercussions will be from Kadarius Tony trying to throw a punch at DeMonte Kazee because, again, Joe Judge, very strict head coach. So we don't know if he'll see time, really, or if he's going to get suspended or suspended from the team or benched or what it may be. But Kadarius Tony is a big question mark right now, but he's also trending upward on the tape, but we don't know how he's going to be used because, again, we wanted to horribly misused but Kyle Pitts Kadarius Tony two first round picks that early on in their careers are looking like they're going to be hits I don't care how you feel about taking a tight end at four that means nothing to me you take the best player available and that was Kyle Pitts at one even obviously they're not going to take a tight end at one but I, I I digress all right college football fanatics have you heard about prize picks PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy I love it and I know you will too PrizePix offers Every sport you can think of. I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prospects offers more college props than anywhere else, and it's already incredibly difficult to find college props as it is. But Prospects is here for all you prop betters because I know I 
I have a problem betting on prop bets. I do it all the time. So now I can bet on either, you know, power five players like the Florida Gators. You could bet on Jacob Copeland touchdowns if you want. Or mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Like if you're watching Toledo, Bryce Mitchell, Bryant Kobach, guys like that. Prize fix allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on Emory Jones rushing yards and the under on Jacob Copeland receiving touchdowns in the same entry. I get those as the same sport. I don't care. I just wanted to mention Gators. Don't hesitate. Check out prizefix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizefix is daily fantasy made easy. Need something to do with your stimulus? Tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, bet online. I don't care how you get your money. That's not my problem. I'm not the IRS. I work in a different branch of finance. Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You guys know I am awful with cars. I know nothing about cars, but people can be like, hey, this is what you need. And I can hook it up because I can just go to rockauto.com. It's very easy to navigate. And even I can get things, whether it's brake pads, taillights, uh, hydraulics, fuzzy dice in a mirror, wherever it is that you might need. I'm just telling you, rockauto.com is your place together. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right locked on in your how did you hear about us box so they know exactly who sent you. You know how it goes. Two plays each segment. First up, we're going to take a look at Jaquavian Frazier's TD for the second week in a row. Uh, because that's what we're doing. I don't, I don't care how you feel about it. That's what, that's what we're going to look at because it was dope. Um, so I'm going to play it here for you so you can see it first. Again, this is very close to the goal line, Jaquavian Frazier's. Uh, we got tight doubles formation with Damian Pierce in the backfield next to Emory Jones. Uh, this is either an RPO or a play. I'm just going to keep playing the video. Uh, this is either an RPO or a play action where the team is in max protect and sold it as hard as they possibly could. Uh, Emery sold the handoff beautifully with Damian Pierce for a long time. Xavier Henderson was the only one that didn't sell a block because he just ran an out route because there was no one close to him to really block, so that makes sense. Rick Wells in the slot on the left blocking a defensive lineman. Kamori Gamble blocks a linebacker coming up or a DB coming up. And, you know, this is beautiful. Frazier's sold the block great on the boundary corner here, which, again, he would have needed to do if this was a sweep like it looks like they're selling. Uh, because he would have had to set that edge. So that's fantastic. The entire defense bit so hard on this play fake that I don't even know what defense they were supposed to be in. If it was supposed to be man, cover one, cover three, I don't know what it was supposed to be because they all just came crashing down for this run. So I genuinely can't even tell you what we're supposed to be seeing here. Uh, but I know that you know, Emory Jones had Jaquavian Frazier's wide open in the end zone, and he just threw a lob over everybody. I love the play design because Vanderbilt is kind of biting on the run because, again, we're such a good running team where Vanderbilt is kind of biting on it a little bit, and they were biting on it and biting on it. They were committing to the run, and Dan Mullen made them pay and made them made them pay for over committing here. And that is what I love so much about the play because – it was just beautiful play design for a team that was being over aggressive. And later on, we're going to talk about Damian Pierce's long touchdown. And we're going to again talk about beautiful play design for a team that wasn't being over aggressive in this case, but wasn't committing to covering the running backs in the passing game. We're going to watch this one more time. Emory Jones goes to the right and rolls out a little bit with Damian Pierce and sells this and then lobs it over the entire defense who really had no chance to make a play on the ball <laughs> once uh, once Jaquavian Frazier's 
hit his little block and release. It was it was TD the entire way. The next play that we're going to be taking a look at is a fun one to watch. If you didn't watch it, I highly suggest that you go watch it and you see it maybe, you know, one, two, 40 times if you'd like. It's really fun. I've watched it a thousand times drawing this play up. But uh, we've got Emory Jones connecting with Jacob Copeland for a big gain early in the third quarter. We've got two receivers on the right in Trent Whittemore and Jacob Copeland with Justin Shorter out wide to the left. Kimori Gamble at tight end, and Damian Pierce is in the backfield to the right of Emory Jones. Kimori Gamble has a block and release that he runs across the formation. He turns it into a bit of a drag, and he runs his little route across the middle of the field. And we have uh, Justin Shorter on the left. He's running a curl. And we also have Damian Pierce after the play fake running to the left in the flat, which gives Emory Jones a little bit of a high-low curl flat read here. If he wants to take that, he would have Damian Pierce that he can check it down to. He does not do that, of course, which, frankly, he never really does, so I wouldn't expect, like, if I was a defense, I wouldn't respect that until he made you respect it. Uh, because even if it's to the flats, you've got people that can then make plays on the ball. So that's why I wouldn't respect it if he wasn't there. On the right side of the field, we've got Trent Whittemore and Jacob Copeland running scissors concept, which, of course, means that Trent Whitmore in the slot is running a corner. Jacob Copeland on the outside is running a post. Uh, Trent Whitmore runs a little fake and sells it to the inside for a second. That causes the safety, who I believe is a man on him, to come crash down and then chase. The defense looks like they're in cover one to me uh, with Robert over the middle of the field. It's one of these inside linebackers. Um, the other linebacker, I believe, is in man on Kimori Gamble. And when he blocks for a second... They just stay in their zone and then, or they stay in a zone. And when he comes across the field, they follow. So that, that, that's what we're looking at here. Uh, but again, this is just, it, it, it looks like flat out cover one where the safety kind of bites down a little bit and then is caught slipping. Uh, so we, we've got Jacob Copeland running just a beautifully crisp uh, post route. The corner never stands a chance the entire time because the corner, on the right is following Jacob Copeland. And I do mean following him because once Cope makes that break inside, it is just dusted. It's as simple as that. Uh, the ball was a little underthrown. If Emory Jones was able to lead this further, like I can show you here, I can just change that a little bit. If Emory Jones led that a little further, Jacob Copeland had his man beat. He had to slow down and turn around a bit to make the play on the ball here. So, but if Jacob Copeland led it, he had plenty of space. And Emory Jones led it. He had Jacob Copeland with plenty of, plenty of space. Unfortunately, he did not do that. That is a, I mean, they scored a touchdown on the next play anyway, so it doesn't matter in the long run. But it, it could have shot the team in the foot a little bit. Uh, Cope then makes a bit of a play after the catch. But, you know, there weren't a billion missed tackles like there were on Wondell Robinson's uh, screen that he took to the house last week. So I, I didn't feel the need to redraw that up a ton. But it was nice to see Dan Mullen giving Emory Jones at least the option of challenging deep or the opportunity to challenge deep. And again, Emory could have made a better throw, could have made a better play, but it was still a big play that they found. And that's a big thing that Florida needs to get into, especially with LSU coming up and Georgia coming up. We need to be able to challenge vertically and stretch the field to at least open things up for the run game. So that was just... It was, it was great play design. Uh, love Copeland running these post routes is just 
defenders can't keep up with him once he makes that break. They're just dusted completely. So if you keep getting cover one where, corner, where this deep safety is going to be over-aggressive, you can then just keep abusing them. If you get cover zero, same thing, you can keep abusing them. And it, it, it's things like that where you look at this offense and you go, we have big playability. Uh, whether it's run after the catch or throwing deep, we have that option. Anthony Richardson can throw deep pr- better than Emory Jones can. That's without a doubt. Emory Jones, though, is still very capable of challenging defenses vertically if he's given the opportunity. I liked that Dan Mullen used his Vanderbilt game to show that, and I liked how it all worked out for us in the long run. Um, hopefully against LSU and Georgia, we continue this aggressiveness on offense. Anybody else make money this weekend? Because I know I didn't. Um, I tried, though. I tried. Uh <laughs> is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Um, I have no problem admitting. In my parlay, I did not put Florida covering. I put the over. Florida covered. They didn't hit the team or, well, the game didn't hit the over because, of course, Florida was projected to win by 39, or the spread was 39. They scored 42, nothing, they won, uh, but the over was 59 and a half, and that didn't happen because Vanderbilt didn't score, and of course, Florida scored 42. So fun stuff for me, but my parlay didn't hit there, but at least I got I did separately bet them covering the spread, so that works out for me. Thanks, Bet Online. Bet Online covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine it is the best way to place your bets and it's 100% free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device which is how i prefer to bet to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sports protection so make sure to use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d no space o-n for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and I'm, i'm just telling you I'm going to say a big thank you to Sweat Block because the Kentucky game, my heart was not having it. I was I was sweating profusely um, from the head here. Just head, neck up is where I was sweating because I used Sweat Block everywhere else. But uh, this past Saturday, watching the Texas A&M Alabama game, I was sweating the whole time because I was dying. I was ready to see that loss. But Sweat Block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. So from the neck down, I'm good to go. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, and then bam, you wake up the next morning and you go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. And I know that sounds too good to be true, but have I ever lied to you? No, I've been wrong before, but not in this case. I only have to use sweat block once or twice a week and it keeps me dry. Use promo code locked on, that is L O C K E D, no space O N, to get 20% off at sweatblock.com, or you can get it on Amazon where it is a top seller or CVS. Now we're going to take a look at trade Dean's interception in the third quarter. The defense is in cover one all the way. It's very easy to see. And if you want to know, you can watch this play again and you see the slot man goes in motion on the left side because the, the defense is, or the offense is basically in bunch, but like a wide bunch. Uh, so the slot man goes in motion. Rashad Torrance is head up on him. Then Rashad Torrance kind of follows him in motion a bit. Uh, and at that point, you can tell that they're in some kind of man, but Rashad Torrance rotates to the deep safety trade. Dean is rotating down when they think the slot man is rotating across the formation, but the slot man rotates back to his original spot and the defense reverts and rotates back to their original spot. So you can kind of tell in that way that Rashad Torrance is in man 
And then when he wrote, when the slot man goes in motion, Trey Dean is supposed to be in man and Rashad Torrenson has the deep safety responsibility. Slot man comes back in motion across the formation again to go back to his original spot. And at that point, Rashad Torrance rotates back over as well. And we're like, okay, it's cover one. We know that by the way that the safeties rotate and there's following and all that fun stuff and shadowing. Um, I'm just going to change this real quick to speed it up just a little bit at this point to make that animation just go a little bit smoother towards the end there. Uh, Cause I'm nice like that. I do things on the fly now. Um, so we can see that we see we're in cover one the whole way. Jeremiah Moon takes the running back who goes on a little swing route. We've got a, we've got a little curl from the second slot or the outer slot guy, the outermost receiver runs an in route. He's got Avery Helm on him. Jason Marshall is in an, is on an Island to the right side of the field or he's got the only receiver out there and he, the receiver runs an in route. And I, I think that in this sense, Florida was kind of daring Vanderbilt to try to take a deep shot because Jason Marshall on the right side is playing hardcore underneath on that in route. Like he, he is underneath it the entire way. Rashad Torrance has a skinny post that he has to cover from that slot and he's playing underneath it the whole way. Trey Dean is supposed to be playing over top on that post should that post go deep. But Trey Dean is also reading Ken Seals' eyes. Ken Seals, of course, Ken Seals is, of course, the quarterback for Vanderbilt. Uh, so Trey Dean's reading Ken Seals' eyes the whole time. And, you know, Ken Seals drops back. He takes a quick glance to the a very quick glance to the left. And then he just looks to the right. He looks for Will Shepard, who is the receiver on the right side, lined up with Jason Marshall. And he stares him down until he throws the ball. So Trey Dean just shoots for the ball because he knows where it's going. So he gets there early because Ken Seals gave a quick glance to the left and then just stared down the right side of the field. Uh, so it was Florida really saying, like, go ahead. Like, I, I dare you to try and take a deep shot here. They did not take a deep shot. Trey Dean still made them pay for it. This is his interception. Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance, both played out of their minds, out of their freaking minds on Saturday. It was beautiful to see. This cover one was fantastic. We'll hopefully get, or we're expected to get Kyrie Elam back this week for the LSU game. Uh, so that's going to be huge. I'd expect Jason Marshall to be the corner that plays more over, over Avery Helm. But again, I think that we will probably see them rotate drives again, um, just because that's what they've been doing when Kyrie Elam was healthy. Both corners have been playing well. I just think Jason Marshall has been more consistent of a corner. Uh, so that's what we're looking at here. And yeah, this is just a fantastic play, daring Vanderbilt to throw deep when we know they can't and they know they can't. And the last play we're going to look at, I, I said it, we're going to finish with Emory Jones connecting with Damian Pierce for a 61-yard touchdown. Look at all these arrows and all these straight lines they're running. You know why? Because this is a beautiful play design, beautiful play call. Now, the defense, they're in cover four. That, that's 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 what it is. I'm fairly confident in saying that, and I'm usually not that confident in calling out what a defense is definitively, but they're in cover four here. Uh, it, I think the Gators were expecting cover two because we've got the outside, we've got the outside receivers. We're in twins here. We've got the outside receivers running curls, which would come, which if, again, if you're looking at cover two, that means there are two deep zones cover two here. We've got the outside receivers running curls, which if we're in cover two, those corners have to cover that flat, which is, it makes sense. If you're in cover two, we've got our slots running like fades essentially. Uh, so they're running fades, forcing the safeties to kind of commit to them if you're in cover two. And then Damian Pierce runs directly at the middle. Emory Jones fakes that he's going to 
take the ball himself. Like he's going to run a keeper. We've seen Anthony Richardson do this a lot. Emory Jones is starting to do it a lot more. And I mean, that's how the play call is working out. So we see that this is cover four. It looks like the Gators are prepared for cover two and trying to expose cover two. Rick Wells and Kimori Gamble, who are both in the slot, run those clear out to the fades. And now I think the whole way this ball is going to Damian Pierce. I get what it looks like. I think this is just one read. It's like, look, you're going to have Damian Pierce. They're either in cover two or cover four. Either way, this is going to be open. So I think that that's where we're at. We've got Kimori Gamble and Rick Wells running these fades to kind of clear out the uh, the safeties if this were cover two, but it's cover four. Uh, cover two, again, we have the outside receivers that are running curls at that point. Uh, corner should have been there if it was cover two, but it's cover four. So we see safeties still overcommit to those fades. They still overcommit to them heavy. The corner of the safety on the right side that is with Rick Wells doesn't even look at where the ball is going. He never turns his head. The ball is there by the time he even turns his head. The safety on the left that's with Kimori Gamble overcommitted hardcore and then had to overcorrect and couldn't. So he took himself completely out of the play. Damian Pierce had a free run up the middle, right past the linebackers. A for effort, guys. You tried, but you weren't keeping up with him. And then you just watch as a bunch of Vanderbilt players just follow Damian Pierce into the end zone. It's it's fantastic. You know, a lot of teams don't respect our running backs in the passing game because we don't use them a ton in the passing game. But here you see, like, Florida makes them pay for it. Absolutely. It was beautiful. And this was a fantastic play design because the defense is showing – cover four. I, I mean, look, I think that they were expecting cover two. Defense is showing cover four by how off the corners are and how much depth they get on this play. So defense is showing cover four. I think the Gators were expecting cover two. Either way, this play works against both coverages. It should have worked worse against cover four because the safeties have more leeway to play over the field a bit, over the middle of the field a bit, but they didn't. So we've still got a huge play here, whether you're in cover two or cover four. This was going to Damian Pierce all the way, I think. And if he's covered, maybe you take the checkdowns at that point. Because if they're in cover four, he should be covered better. But you would have both corner, both receivers in the outside with the curls open. That's not the case here. And, you know, Damian Pierce just wide open to the house, 61 yards. And I, I believe that was more, that play alone was more receiving yards than he had for the entire season before this game. And we're just going to look at it again because it's beautiful to see. <laughs> Love that. Damian Pierce just takes it to the crib. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we'll take a look ahead at this week's game against LSU. Now, make your second listen Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It's free and available on all platforms. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. And you can find all my written work with whole nine sports at W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports. And be sure to check out my pinned tweet and let Locked On know why Florida Gators are the best Gators fans in the nation. Because I, I want to talk that talk. It's as simple as that. I'll see you tomorrow.